this one means a lot to me. I feel like this is the best one for sure. It's just an unbelievable story to come down here in Tampa, coming out of retirement, coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. It was sure a blessing. I was ready to play football again. Tampa Brady is what they're calling it. Oh, Tampa Brady. They're also calling it Champa Bay. Champa Brady. The uh, the Lightning, that's their hockey team. They won the uh, Stanley Cup. The Rays uh, were in the World Series, but that's they right. lost. Losers. And uh, then the, the Bucks win the Super Bowl. So How the, about little Tampa? That's impressive. So did that Gronkowski, did he actually think that he was going to go down there out of retirement as an old man and team up with Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl again? Surely did not. Did Gronk think? No, he did not. <laughs> Gronk <laughs> only reacts. <laughs> kind of like Gronk Godzilla. No th- Gronk no think. Gronk play. Uh, no, uh, Tom, uh, the terrific Tom, said, hey, Gronk, I want you to come play. Yeah, but, but surely they didn't actually think they'd win the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, anything's possible, well, but that's surely unlikely. Well, right. But, but that's Very not, unlikely. This is why you are not the greatest of all time, Jack. There are many reasons. <laughs> Thinking it's going to happen isn't necessary. Knowing it's possible, then doing the things to make it happen. It's not really even possible. It's about positioning, not predictions. It's right? not, you it's are not trying even to... possible. It uh, can't be done. Even uh, though it was done yesterday, it still can't uh, be done. We have some evidence that it, it is possible. Uh, but yeah, you, you are positioning yourself to best uh, benefit from the, the scenarios you are in. You're not really predicting that you're going to win it. Super bore, that's what I say about the game. <laughs> If anybody would like to punch me right in the face, now would be appropriate. (laughs) Magic Johnson actually uh, tweeted out, I turned off the game. It was boring and disappointing. (laughs) Really? I thought the game was pretty good, but I guess it depends on who you were rooting for. Well, it was better than the score would indicate just because the Chiefs always fall behind and then explode. with They rack up points like it's a video game. If it were a normal team with that score, I'd have thought, why am I watching? But I did think, you know... Easily can switch on a, on a dime. Um, it's the Super Bowl, not the stupid bowl. It's the Super Bowl, not the stupid bowl. That would be the sheriff of L.A. County. Trying to keep people from having parties and uh, dancing in the streets with no mask on, which they did. And I think there's going to be, uh, with that new British variant uh, spreading around Florida and all those people in the streets, I think there's going to be an explosion of COVID, which actually might be a good thing in terms of immunity. That's There's the British variant right there, <laughs> chilling. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've I was listening to Tom Brady being concerned about this. I was listening to Tom Brady, and he said, and I thought this. I don't. I wish I'd have heard this years ago when I was younger. Uh, he said we we um we really wanted it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how did they win? They believed in themselves. Yeah, we really wanted it, and we really believed in ourselves. Wow. And I thought, boy, you, I, first of all, I don't know why you didn't keep that a secret. Why did you let that out of the bag? Because now other teams are going to realize right. that if you want it and you believe in yourself, right. that's how you win. Yep. And you you were the only person that knew that special combination of this is the result I would like and I believe I can do it. Unlike the L.A. Sheriff, Tom, not that skilled a wordsmith. He's very smooth. He speaks well. He just has nothing to say. The Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, all the other teams that fell before Tom Brady, they walked out of the tunnel thinking, we can't win. I knew we were going to lose. I knew we were going to lose, yeah. and we and I don't think we even want it that much. It doesn't. It doesn't even really matter to me that Why much. Why do we even we... practice? I don't know. Because <laughs> we're going to lose. You guys yeah. know if we win, we just have to play again next week. We can just lose now and go home. Right. How come? Right. How come none of these super great athletes have something more insightful to say? 
I maybe because there's nothing insightful to say. It's just well, what would be the correct no false modesty answer? Would it be? Um, I think at the skilled positions, including me, we have more talent, and uh, I've dedicated my entire life to this. But that would yes. be true. That'd be for true for the other people too. Okay, here's what Tom Brady could have said, and and you yelled at me earlier for this, but you know, with counseling, counseling, I'll get over it. Uh, what he'd say is, uh, the key today was our defense. We knew they had two backups at tackle, which is the most no, important that's making position. excuses. You're talking excuses again. Oh, your, 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 your injuries. Yeah, right. He asks me to say what Tom Brady should have said, and he yells at me. He Can you imagine said- if this was your work environment? How quickly would you quit? <laughs> You'd quit today, because no man should be asked to take this. Um. So... Since they were weakened at the offensive line, we had an aggressive defensive plan to put Mahomes under pressure every single play, and it worked. That's what he would say. That's what happened. Okay, but then... uh, Oh, plus Mahomes is injured, and we knew he wasn't as mobile Okay, well, take it bigger. The whole season and beating the other teams in the playoffs, they weren't supposed to be. We have a lot of great players and really effective coaches. We designed a good system and executed them. We executed it. The difference between the best team in football and the worst team in football is not as big as most people would think. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Indeed. So So you could say, well, if you played the game, this might be a good answer nobody would ever say. If you played 10 times, if we played 10 times, I think we'd probably win three or four of those 10 times. Luckily, you only play once, and we were one of those three or four 10 times. Would that be a good answer? Yeah, you could say that. You get that. The Chiefs are a great team. We were fortunate to, to beat them, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, honestly, the Chiefs just way more uh, uh, racked by injury when they got the Super Bowl in uh, Tampa Bay. Maybe because uh, uh, Tom is sharing his uh, diet hints. Making excuses. Wow, it's just it's sad, really. Plus, when you're the Chiefs, it's hard to play when the other team's got the referees on their side. I saw a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of that. Ian Bremmer, our friend Ian Bremmer, even tweeted that out. So the current score is Tampa Bay plus the refs, blah, 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 Chiefs. Well, there was an extraordinary imbalance in penalties, but I did not see a single one I thought was not legit, and I was rooting for the Chiefs. I'm, I'm not a hardcore Chiefs fan, but a couple of my friends are, and so I was rooting for I've them. actually never understood why you can't use injury as an excuse. They always say that, and players never do it. I've never understood why you can't say in the postgame, well, several of our best players were hurt, so that's why we lost. Yeah, they, they always say that you're not supposed to say that. I don't know. It's like seen as something. I don't know. It makes perfectly good sense. It's part of the game. I don't know. It is part of the game, but it is. But if you're so, it's the reason you lost. That's not saying it's not part of the game. Yeah. The part well, of the game that made us lose is several of our best players were gone. I think that is calling out the guys who who uh, took their places. Oh. You're saying we lost it because of Joe Smith and, and Ed uh, uh, Jones over there. Because <laughs> our good players were hurt, so we had crappy players in. You don't want to do that. Well, there were several players on the field that dropped balls that hit them in the face with the hands. Bouncing so. off of their helmets. Including yeah. their best players. What are you going to yeah. do? You it's the Super Bowl, not the Stupid Bowl. You know? It's the <laughs> Super Bowl, not the Stupid Bowl. If only Andy Reid, who clearly can't win the big one, remember that? <laughs> um, if only he had told them it's not the Stupid Bowl. Anyway, I that's enough of that. I couldn't tell there wasn't a regular crowd there. No indication to me that there wasn't a crowd there by watching the game. If I didn't mm. know it, I wouldn't have figured it out. 
Yeah. So they did, they really did a good job with the sound effects or and the cutouts, cardboard cutouts. Yeah, you can pay a hundred dollars and have your cutout in the stands. I almost did that for my favorite baseball team. I thought it'd be funny. Would you get to see it, or if they show it on TV, you just have to hope they show it on TV by extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you send them a pick and they whip it up and oh, put it in the stands. One more thing we got to play from the Super Bowl in case you missed this. A guy ran on the field. How come? St- I was trying to explain to my son how streaking was a big deal, like in the seventies. Mm-hmm. People run into things naked. How come people stopped running onto things naked? Well, what was the genesis of streaking? What was the point? And then how did it end? Uh, they too many people got tased on the junk. <laughs> Because people still run onto fields or stages, but they don't do it naked anymore. It was just a craze. I don't know. Anyway, this guy ran on clothes. Well, you'll hear it described by Kevin Harlan. Second down, 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a bra. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. (laughs) So they're calling him a streaker. The unidentified Super Bowl streaker who wore a neon pink thong suit. Had more success running than the Chiefs did. Yeah, good analysis. Nice Damn. recall. <laughs> we blanking did it, the 28-year-old that tweeted shortly after the man was pinned down. It was him and another guy? It was guy? a marketing ploy for a porn site. Oh, it was? Yes. So you just don't want to... Launched uh, by some former, allegedly disgraced YouTube star. Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, yeah. I, You know, if you'd ask me what it was, I'd have more or less guessed that. YouTube uh, influencer of some sort trying to get attention for some business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JT, uh, with a great analysis, why is the NFL so racist? Not only did Tom Brady, a cis white male, win the Super Bowl MVP award over Patrick Mahomes, a person of color, but they kept calling Brady the GOAT. Remember, acronyms are racist. Mm. Greatest of all time, GOAT. We also know that meritocracy is racist. Yes, Brady outperformed Mahomes in every category. And yes, Brady took a struggling franchise that didn't make the playoffs at all last year, all the way to the Super Bowl and winning it. But giving Brady the MVP award for those merit-based reasons is clearly structural racism. It's a good point, JT. Good point. Meritocracy is racist. The team with the most minority players, which is all of them, should have won the trophy. Good point. So a couple of things I want to get to before the end of the show. Um, Should you buy the insurance for your phone? Oh, yeah. Talk to me. Business person did a breakdown of that. Because I'm about, I need to get a new phone. Anybody who's seen my phone knows that. Violent video games, latest studies on that. They there okay are for your homeless kids people who think you need to get a better phone. Oh, I, I've never seen a worse phone than mine. I've just got chunks of glass now missing from it. Oh, it's I, a hazard. I actually cut myself on it. Gee, man. That's what made me decide to get a new one. It makes me bleed. Your phone <laughs> shouldn't make you bleed. Wow, the iPhone 12 now, 20% less bloody. There are so many dead spots on the screen that, like, I just I can't hardly do anything. <laughs> um, but our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, quickly, we haven't even hit on this. Jeez. Well, part of it's the day after the Super Bowl, but, you know, they're about to pass a nearly $2 trillion stimulus package. A bipartisan plan. Among uh, uh, party lines for the Democrats. Larry, Larry Summers, who is the Treasury Secretary for Clinton, he's a Democrat, wrote in the WAPO, WAPO over the weekend, it's too big and it could set off inflation like we haven't seen for a very long time. Democrat Larry Summers. Well, good for him. But uh, it's going to happen, it looks like, and Democrat votes only. Yeah, whether Joe Manchin will go along with the fifteen hour, uh, fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage and some of the other crap that's in there, and, and the idea that you get the money whether you're employed, unemployed, whatever, it's not targeted. It's just, well, it's just handing out money, which is what governments do to buy your vote. Uh, coming up, guess what's back? Huge caravans of illegal immigrants and f- would be refugees uh, coming to our shores. In fact, they're already here. Uh, and here's the second news flash: Coyotes, the uh, uh, illegal immigrant smugglers, they read the newspapers. They know Biden's in. They know Biden has canceled a bunch of enforcement mechanisms, and the signs are already unmistakable that we're being flooded. And so, I'll get to the should you buy insurance for your phone when you get a new phone this hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. A uh, brief personal note, if I might. It's been a, a hell of a week, um, couple weeks. Judy and I are in the middle of moving, which is stressful and a pain in the butt. But, um. Uh, got a call from my dad, um, I guess it was last week, but uh, my mom, who's been uh, battling Parkinson's for 21 years now, which is a hell of a thing, and Parkinson's never goes backward. It just goes forward and ruins your body bit by bit. Uh, sometimes also your mind, thank God she hasn't had that aspect of mm. it. Um, and it's, it's both great and sad in a way that she's still sharp as hell. Um, but uh, she was unconscious for the better part of two days. She woke up for about an hour and a half and then went out again, and it looked like the end was very, very near, so I flew to the Phoenix area where they live. I'm going to see my mom and support my dad and the rest of it. My my sister and brother did, too, which is wonderful. We rarely all get together in the same place because we live in you know different corners of the country, but uh, it, it's something a lot of people deal with at this age, and, and a lot of my friends and people I know, and, and y'all through emails have reached out, and I know you understand. It's it's extraordinarily difficult. She's rallied, by the way. Um, I had to get back home to deal with the professional and personal obligations. Um, but she's stronger now and eating better and, and hanging on. And it's one of those situations where uh, she said uh, to my dad, she said, I'm not ready to check out yet. Huh. Um, and uh, which makes a difference. Oh, it does. Because some does. people are. And and. And my sister actually told me she had a conversation with my mom saying, look, you know, if you feel like it is, um, we understand. You know, it's and, you know, we're we're so blessed in that there's no like unfinished business or the things I wish I'd said or anything like that going on. Um, But she's she's hanging on by God. She's uh, one of the bravest people I've ever known. Never complains a bit, which is funny. I don't know where I got my genes. I can. (laughs) I can complain about a sunny day, uh, but uh, no, she's uh, was an amazing person. So thanks, everybody who sent their encouragement. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Could be an hour. Could be a month. She's, Don't know. So you didn't hit her with uh, how long you had to wait in line at the airport or anything like that? No, I, you know, I passed that by. I didn't bring it up. Although, you know, it was funny. when I, The f- first day I got there, which was last Thursday, um, she was in and out, kind of. Um, and when she came in... I made uh, a fairly subtle joke. Um, 
just to see. And and she cracked up. Hmm. Yeah. So the mind is there. The body's just given out. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. I I I had spent most of my life with a no 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 no. Can't think about it. Won't think about it. I'll never have to deal with it. Uh, but you end up dealing with it. It's part of life. You know, there's some really interesting stuff on in Dave Grossman's book on killing about how death used to be much more part of life in the country. And we've kind of, uh, we're almost Victorian, like the Victorians were about sex, denying it ever happened, and it was strictly behind closed doors, and polite to people didn't discuss it. Uh, we're kind of that way about death these days. Used to be grandma and grandpa passed away at home. Right. Funeral director would come. You'd probably slaughter your own meat, at least in a lot of America. Just people understood life and death. We've siloed it off of our Excellent. day-to-day life. Excellent yeah. uh, way to put it, yeah. But, uh, and I don't mean to bring anybody down, because uh, my mom's a wonderful person. She had a wonderful life. If they told her when she was diagnosed 21 years ago, you're going to live to 80 and have decent quality of life, it would have it would have surprised the hell out of everybody. Hmm. So, you know, it's a blessing. You get a limited time, they say. Well, anyway. I don't know how to end this, other than to say, uh, you know, hang on, Mom. All that stuff we said we'd talk about, we will do coming up. And our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Biden will air before tomorrow's Super Bowl between the Bucks and the Chiefs. Incidentally, Buck and Chief are also what Biden calls his friends when he forgets their names. <laughs> um, I love this from the Babylon Bee uh, about the Super Bowl. First female referee throws flag on play, but won't say what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, you don't know what the foul was? That, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Ask you, don't, your friends. you don't know what the penalty is. Ask your friends. Would you like to tell me which rule you broke? <laughs> Jeez, that is hilarious. That's the best joke I've heard in a long time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> How about that avalanche in Utah? Oh, my God. I don't God. know from the avalanche in Utah. Oh, Four skiers killed. Oh, man. A, a big family and friends skiing. Four of them survived. Four of them did not. Oh, Lord. A giant avalanche just hit them all of a sudden. As Earth. a kid, I used to have this terrible fear of avalanches. Whew. I lived in, you know, snow country, went skiing, hiking, that sort of thing. And, oh, man, I just think about it and think of Anyway, I don't know. Something else. So in a second, um, uh, I watched Joe Biden's interview before the Super Bowl with Nora O'Donnell, and he said something about schools that just pissed me off, especially because just a couple hours earlier on the same damn network, their other news person got a completely different answer. But they didn't feel like in the CBS newsroom to, like, make that a point of conflict. And say, hey, wait a second. Anyway, I'll explain that coming up. From permanent rage to bootlicking. I think on I the s- day of the inauguration. Oh, this was in the Wall Street Journal. Should you buy the um, protection package, the insurance for your phone? You buy an iPhone, it's a freaking thousand dollars, and they say you want to sign up for four ninety nine a month or whatever the hell it is. I always say no. I say no to almost every extended warrant. That's what everybody it- recommends. Uh, every Except time I ever car, um, done it for a car. But they recommend that for you buy a TV, whatever you buy, and they always say don't do that. All your Consumer Reports, Dave Ramsey, whoever. And this guy says the same thing. 
part of it is this, and it's kind of interesting. Um, he gets into specifics and also his own life experience. One cracked screen was enough of a lesson for me. Since that fateful incident in 2016, I've yet to take in another phone repair, and I'm not alone. A Verizon survey of a 1,000 adults found that 50% of respondents had never broken or lost their phone, and 28% had done so once. So the vast majority of us don't break our phone or do it once and think, I'm never, you know, I'm going to, because they were riding without a case, riding dirty. Yeah. And they think it's too expensive. I'm not going to do that again. So most people don't break their phones. So obviously, getting the insurance is a bad idea. Yeah, get a better case. Although I'm a clumsy bastard, and I, I've dropped every phone I've had 30 times. The glass has improved. This, uh, the phone I have right now, which I think is an 8? Or ten, it's not the new one. Anyway, but I've dropped it in a way that broke every single previous iPhone and it has not broken yet. Yeah, I've I dropped my uh, I've never dropped a phone in a case and broke it. Oh, I have. every phone I've broken has been not in a case. He was riding dirty. These mm. are low probability events by definition. That's why money is being made by Apple and others. Said the economist looking into this. People focus on the consequences. They don't think about the probability. The phone retailers know the likelihood of phone damage, at least based on the phones that they've taken in for repair, but they don't publish that data. We consumers are left to calculate the risk ourselves, and we're really bad at calculating the risk. They're really good at it because they have the data. Yeah. It um, almost reminds me of the transition in healthcare and insurance in the United States, that it used to be you had what was called major medical. The day-to-day stuff was inexpensive. Uh, you had a sore throat, you go to the doctor, it takes a little swab, uh, prescribes medicine. It was an insignificant amount of money. But you had insurance in case you get cancer or get in a car wreck or something like that. Well, they're trying to get us to give, I was going to say a little amount, but it's a significant amount of money to avoid all risk all the time. And it's just, it's not worth doing. Roll the dice. So the answer on that is don't get the uh, insurance unless you break your, if you're a big time klutz and you break your phone like once a year. Other than that, don't. Yeah, much better off finding a good case. The case I have now, I practically play hacky sack with my phone. I'm shocked (laughs) at what this thing survives. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, I watched Face the Nation, and uh, the nice woman on Face the Nation interviewed Dr. Gottlieb, as she does every Sunday, and he had what he had to say about schools opening back up. Joe Biden got interviewed by Nora O'Donnell, same network, right before the Super Bowl, and he had to say what he had to say about schools opening up, and here's both of them. Do you think it's time for schools to reopen? I think it's time for schools to reopen safely. Safely, you have to have fewer people in the classroom. You have to have ventilation systems that have been reworked. Our CDC commissioner is going to be coming out with science-based judgment within, I think, as early as Wednesday as the layout, what the minimum requirements are. Well, I think the prerequisite is putting in place mitigation steps in the schools. The school districts that have reopened successfully, and there was good data out of North Carolina where they did some systematic research looking at the experience in those schools which were open, showed that when they wear masks, when they distance, when they try to take precautions in the classroom, there's very little transmission within the classroom. The schools are not a vector of transmission. Did you hear what he said? He said the same thing, by the way, CDC has said, that Dr. Fauci has said, all the doctors said. And he didn't mention that stuff Joe Biden mentioned. He said, masks and distance. If you do that, it's not a spreader of the disease. That's it. Mask and distance. What do masks and distance cost? Well, I'll tell you how my kid's school, everybody brings their own mask. So it really cost them zero dollars. It cost zero dollars. Not 
uh, already, what did we have the numbers last week? $64 billion. Now they're asking for another $130 billion mm-hmm. to go out to schools all across the country. No, it costs $0 to distance and wear masks, which is all you need. Joe Biden with his, absolutely schools need to open, but safely. We need to rework the ventilation systems. Rework the ventilation systems in every school in America? How long would that take and what would that cost? No scientist is saying you need to do that. We want to be the smart party. We're going to have a president that follows science. No more lying. No more BS. Boy, it's so maddening. And uh, my lefty friends. So there you have the president saying, we're going to follow the science while he is blatantly not following the science. Of course, you got to beat up the media for Nora O'Donnell not saying, and knowing on her own network that a couple hours earlier on Face the Nation, their biggest news program... Um, one of the most respected doctors in America on this subject, along with all the others who agree with him around the world, by the way, doesn't say that we need to do those things. No, the media never, ever forces them into answering for this. I was listening to Matt Taibbi's podcast, three people who hate hated Trump. All pointing out how the never-ending rage of the media was completely irrational and stupid when Trump was in office. And now it's turned into never-ending sycophancy and bootlicking. And how sickening that is. There's a great example of that. It's just so important you stick with the narrative as a so-called journalist. You don't even challenge him on that. I mean, how rework the ventilation system. Private schools all over America. European schools. Hell, African schools. The schools are open everywhere except the union-heavy American cities. We're going to do it, but we're going to do it when it's safe. It's safe now, Joe. It's safe now. What do you have to say to that? But so, nothing. This is getting back to the, the way they handle Trump versus Biden, which is not the important topic. Um, getting the kids back in school is the important topic, but it'll be interesting to see. So the CDC is coming out with their guidelines this week. Last week... Woman from the CDC stands up and says, vaccinations for the teachers are not a prerequisite. She didn't say anything about reworking the ventilation. Right. Then Biden's spokesman, Jen Psaki, comes out after that and says, uh, the CDC director was talking uh, not in her professional capacity. That was just her talking personally, which is absolutely a lie. The sort of lie that the Washington Post, a fact check, oh, another lie. It was absolutely a lie from the Biden administration. And it'll be interesting to see. Does the CDC come out this week and say teachers have to get vaccinations and you got to rework the ventilation systems? I suspect they will. And then will the media say the president is dictating what the CDC says and what the Fauci can't speak openly because Trump threatens him? No No. way. They'll say yummy, yummy. Give me another lick of your boot. That's going to be an interesting test this week when the CDC comes out. Listen for that. They say teachers have to be vaccinated. Do they say anything about ventilation systems? Uh, a good old friend of mine who uh, is an attorney and served on a school board for quite some time, in fact, was the president uh, once or twice, I believe, pointed out uh, more spacing means more classrooms, means more teachers, good for the union. Reworking the ventilation system in a lot of your blue cities and blue states, those are going to be union jobs. That's going to be money that flows straight to those unions. Of course. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know how I don't know how much space they have in the average classroom. I know my son's classroom there it was pretty easy to get the desks far apart cuz usually you had big giant aisles and now you don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. The desks are just further apart, so I don't know if that'll work in most places, but god dang it. You public school parents, we read a great uh, email earlier. You ought to be militant about this. 
Schools are open everywhere, safely. They're just private schools. How about the President of the United States just out of nowhere? This is the first time I've heard anybody say this. Just out of nowhere, the schools have to rework the ventilation systems. Well, we haven't even, you know, pointed this out in case you don't know how this works. That would be who knows how many billions of dollars that would be. And that'll just go to the schools. It'll never get spent on reworking the ventilation system. Yeah, they'll say as needed. Change your filters, replace the whole thing. We don't care. Here's a giant stack of money for the union. Yeah, one, that would actually be a waste of money. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't need to do that. But two, it'll just get spent on other crap. It'll be another layer of management and equity managers and who knows whatever else. But it's just more money going to the schools. God dang it. It's just so corrupt. That reminds me. I want to. I've been sitting on this for a few days. I wanted to share this with you. Now, this is about universities, but I thought it was hilarious. It was the Ohio State University, as they always point out. Now, I am going to skip <clears throat> dozens and dozens and dozens of people who make less than fifty thousand dollars. Okay, this is people making from fifty thousand dollars up to. $280,000 at The Ohio State University. Going to have to go quickly. Program coordinator of the woman's place. Program coordinator, Office of Diversity and Conclusion. Staff assistant, Office, Office, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Program coordinator, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. I'll call it DNI. The Office of Diversity and Inclusion. What po- the hell does that do? Postdoctoral scholar at the ODI. Program manager, ODI. Program manager, ODI. Program coordinator, ODI. A program manager, ODI. A program manager, officer, ODI, scholars program. Program coordinator, institutional equity office, which is different than the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, another program coordinator, institutional equity office. Office staff coordinator, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Program coordinator, ODI. Communication and marketing manager, the women's place. Keeping in mind that there are far more women than men in universities and graduating from them. Program director, uh, ODI. Program coordinator, uh, IEO, the Institutional Equity Office, Research Associate, Institute for the Study of Race and Ethnicity, as distinct from the other ones. Program Manager, College of FAES Equity and Inclusion, Program Manager, ODI, Program Manager, ODI, Program Manager, ODI, Coordinator, Fisher College of Business Diversity and Inclusion, Program Coordinator, Institutional Equity Office, on and on and on. I, I would like to do this whole list. Let's skip to people who are making six figures. Uh, and I left out like 30. Wow. wow. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. Executive Director Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Director Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Special Assistant to the Vice Provost Officer of Diversity and Inclusion. Director Fisher College of Business Diversity and Inclusion. Director Institutional Equity Office. Program Director Institutional Equity Office. Compliance Officer Institutional Equity Office. Project Manager, Talent Diversity, we're almost there. Assistant Vice Provost, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Program Director, College of Engineering, Diversity and Outreach. Vice Provost, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Assistant Vice Provost, same place. Director, Institutional Equity Office. Director, College of Engineering, Diversity and Outreach. Vice Provost, Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Assistant Vice President, Talent Diversity and Leadership. And finally, the Chief Diversity Officer for Diversity, Outreach, and Inclusion in the College of Engineering, making $279,276 a year. That would be one Donnie Perkins. Um, What do those people even do when they go into work in the morning? What do they do all day long? I, 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 they probably Phil, come up with harsh uh, First Amendment crushing speech codes. They uh, d- d- cook up fantasies of racism and right papers on inequity and crap or 
Um, Give people safe spaces and the rest of it. And I was going to talk about this more later, about China and how awful they are. We learned a lot over the weekend. we got to get to that. It's something. Um, but we are the only hope for the world. The two of us? The United States. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. A disappointing situation. I'd have had one less drink and gone to bed earlier if I'd known that was you know my, my day's plan. I fully believe that. We're the only hope for the world. China is hell-bent on ruining the world and making us all slaves, but... China is asshole. We're the only hope for the world, and we deserve to collapse under our own, I wish I could say the word, BS. We deserve to collapse under our own BS. We've got so much of it. We're so staring up our own bottoms crazy. We deserve yeah. it. I mean, we're, we, have, we have fashioned a collapsible society. Right. Yes. I hope it doesn't happen, but... Well, we're tempting fate. God, I'd say, wow, that is really something. Um... I can't even hardly wrap my head around that. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We even afford this house. I'm pretty sure we can. Pretty sure. With Rocket Mortgage, you can be certain. Not pretty sure. What's the difference? Let me show you. I'm pretty sure these aren't poisonous. Well, pretty sure these are parachutes. Mine has the sandwich. That's mine. I'm pretty sure you do not run. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can take Batista down. You're on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is trending. I'm pretty sure these hornets aren't the murdering type. I'm pretty sure we can make it. Certain is bad. Let's go with certain. Good choice. Uh, the Tracy Morgan ads, which were for what? Uh, Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage were the f- number one and two ads according to Ad Meter. Uh, yes, they were. And it's impossible, apparently, to get the complete list anymore. It's not clickbaity enough. Tracy Morgan is always funny. Yes. Yes, he walks into the room, I start laughing. We watched a movie over the weekend featured him. It featured him in Ice Cube. I don't remember what it was. It was a comedy. Anyway, kids <laughs> loved it. Yep. Um, so there are some nice ads. There's funny. Okay, I laughed a couple of times. It was fine. So uh, I thought I thought, I thought it was I thought everything was fine. I yeah. I I'm I'm not a hater on most stuff on the Super Bowl the way some people are. I mean, it's just either I found it entertaining or eh, yeah. but it doesn't make me mad. But the halftime show was the most. I was the least interested in that halftime show, maybe of any ever. Mm-hmm. Could have been my mood. You never know. No, um, it was just the guy's a fine singer. There are lots of fine singers. I, well, I think it's more. I don't think. I think it has more to do with what you tweeted about. Of this sort of stuff is available everywhere all the time now. I yeah. just, I just, just any musical act. Why? Why would I watch this? All right. So he's got more guys wearing red suits and and jock straps on their faces or whatever was going on there. Then usually on stage he has twenty guys. This time he has two hundred. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I don't, I just they have to rethink the halftime show. Yeah, I don't know why they don't. A big musical star will perform. Often like so they're running that ad for Tough as Nails. Do do 20 minutes of that Tough as Nails thing with a bunch of people, you know, trying to do really hard 
things. Yeah. I'll yeah. watch that. That'd be more entertaining to me than any musical act, really. Not not beating up on the weekend, just any musical act. I just don't need yeah. to see it. Right. Right. Huh. Um, how about the Bruce Springsteen Jeep ad? I liked it, and I think Bruce has been annoying and obnoxious lately, politically. Um, I still have great love for him as a creative artist, and I just like the feel of it. So he went to the center of the country, which I happen to know exactly where it is in rural Kansas, because I'm from near there, um, near Smith Center, Kansas. But uh, he went there in a Jeep and did some talk about us all coming to the middle and everything like that. The Federalist had the three worst things about the terrible Jeep Super Bowl ad. Um, their number one was uh, the the other two, blah blah blah. But the first the first one makes sense to me the most. Wrong messenger, the perfectly decent idea. Yeah, but why did you pick somebody who's been so outspokenly partisan for the last several years, calling half the country racist idiots? Yeah, viciously so. If you'd have picked a non celebrity like just to like make the statement, I'd have thought, okay, I get what you're trying to do here. But how about somebody who lives there? Don't just pick somebody who's been lecturing me about how bad I am for the past ten years. Right, right. Oh, sorry, Bruce. Sorry. You know what? I will come to the center with you now that you've invited me. <laughs> Stop it. Please be like having Adam Schiff do the ad. I love Bruce, but yeah, that was one uh, aspect of it that sucked. We'll get to the rest uh, a little bit later. Armstrong and Getty.